Let me tell you something you already know. The world ain't all sunshine and rainbows. It's a very mean and nasty place, and I don't care how tough you are, it will beat you to your knees and keep you there permanently if you let it. You, me, or nobody is going to hit as hard as life. But it ain't about how hard you hit. Here we go, the MMA Gym Podcast is back in your ears for the second time in 24 hours. This is almost, I would say, becoming a habit. And if you missed the first episode yesterday, make sure you go to your podcast provider, take a look back and you'll see that yesterday we returned and I gave you the rundown for the UFC 246 fight week here in Las Vegas. As I said then, I'm going to be on the ground all week. Of course, let's do the laundry. This podcast is sponsored by ownbet.co.uk ohmbet.co.uk they're the number one world MMA sports book they have an incredible amount of markets and I'm told that tomorrow they're going to be releasing a special odds boost on the Conor McGregor versus Donald Cerrone fight so make sure you go take a look at their website and support the cause because they have very very kindly got me over to Vegas this fight week so today I've got the pleasure of speaking to a fellow OwnBet ambassador, Mr. One Punch Brad Pickett, UFC veteran, and of course the founder of British Top Team here in London, England. So Brad and I talked about UFC 246 this Saturday. Uh, we talked about the main event between Connor and uh, Cerrone, and he gave me his pick. We then touched upon a few other fights on the card, including my under-the-radar favourite this week, Tim Elliott, Asker Askarov. And as well, we at the end, we touched a bit on what Brad's got coming up this year. And he talked about whether he might be one day making a return to the cage. So here we go. Here's my talk with Brad. Of course, tune in tomorrow where we have the day of the press conference. That will be Wednesday here in Las Vegas. I hope you guys are all braving the weather back home in England if you're, if you're listening to us from there. And I hope you're enjoying this if you're joining us from further afield worldwide. So here we go. Here's Brad and I talking about UFC 246. So joining me on the line is none other than Brad Pickett. Brad is going to help me talk and break down this week's fight card, UFC 246, which is of course going to be headlined by Conor McGregor taking on Donald Cowboy Cerrone. Brad, thanks very much for doing this. No problem at all. Good to speak to you again, Jim. Yeah, it has been. It's been almost too long, Brad. Uh, I know you've been very busy setting up uh, British Top Team and uh, obviously being in Nathaniel Woods' corner and a lot, a lot of other things going on. But um, tell me... I know that you've been on a Conor McGregor fight card before, in Vegas as well. Can you kind of give us the the sense, the feeling, what it's like to be involved in a in a, an event of that kind of magnitude? Um, I, it, was, it was quite surreal. The first, well, I've been on the um, Conor McGregor uh, card four times throughout throughout my career, and I kind of, in a way, I saw him rise. Where the first time I was on the first cut, uh, third cut. But he made his UFC debut on the card I was on when he fought in Stockholm against um, uh, um, Michael Brimage. Mm. Uh, and and, and yeah, so there's not much going on about him, sort of thing, but I, I heard a lot of hype with interviews and that sort of stuff, and I was like, yeah, well, it's always sort of about kind of thing, but whatever I got on with what I was doing. And then uh, he won his fight, uh, and he asked me to shout out, 60 Gs, baby! Uh, and, and I don't know if people know about this because he says 60 G's and not 50 P's he said 60 G's and not 50 G's yeah. because it was actually 60 G's for that one fight because the deal you ran down managed to get Dana White to say it was 60 <laughs> that's why but, um, 
anyway, so uh, that was that was that. And then then I uh, we we brought him back to fight Max Holloway on another guy that fought on in uh, on his next fight in, in Boston. Yeah, yeah. Uh, and that was another good fight. Yeah, he, he has won that fight. It was a very good fight, Max Holloway. Um, how he's need in, in the process, and then uh, then on his next fight again. Mm. Uh, I was on the same card as him as well where he fought uh, Diego Brown down now this time back in his hometown uh, in Ireland uh, he, he fought there as well and I fought there and just seeing like he's in that such, such small small sort of time being the UFC to his hometown and being a main event was just crazy you know I was like how how is this even happening mm. uh, then obviously he won that and gets passion uh, then I think he fought another fight in between when he fought Dennis C- Siva uh, beat him and then his next fight was was supposed to be against Aldo uh, but Aldo got injured then uh, Chad Mendes replaced him uh, and that was on the car that you're talking about here it was in Vegas yeah. and just, it was just mental the whole, whole week just how many Irish people were out there it's like how's this even possible kind of like and, uh, and then even just seeing how it all changed with the weigh-ins you know the, 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 is, I actually do believe that. I think it was the first I think it was the first Reebok event, I believe. First, for yep. the first event, we had, we had London Reebok as well. It was usually 196. Uh, and just like just seeing the, the magnitude of the weight, it was just so surreal. Just having a, a filled out arena, really, just for the weight, it was just mental. Uh, yeah, and then obviously, uh, fighting on that card it was cool and just. Uh, yeah, massive atmosphere there. You know, I was in a good fight. I thought Thomas Almeida. Yep. Uh, so yeah, it was it was a uh, it was a uh, yeah very surreal watching him develop and grow throughout my my small our small paths crossing basically. Yeah, for sure. I'll just I'll never forget that night. It was my actual first time over in America on media on, on press road and like you say there it was just such an incredible atmosphere that night and i guess from there it just the it was kind of a meteoric rise now we find ourselves in 2020 january he's taking on cowboy sereni this weekend like wh- where do you think connor is now in, in, in i guess the hype cycle do you do you still think you know when you talk to people back home when you talk to people in your gym are they as excited for this fight as they have been previously um I don't know, yeah, I mean, I, I am, I, I, I'm one of those people where I must say I'm always excited for Conor McGregor fight, he's the only person, I, I'll be honest with you saying this, where, where I would never listen to a press conference or uh, any of that sort of stuff, ever, or post-fight uh, uh, press conference, really, I, I, I wasn't really that person, but you listen to him, he's so charismatic, he's got so interesting to say, um, obviously him being away from the line a little bit, uh, kind of sometimes that can in a weird way tarnish you a little bit like not being in the limelight as much um, but it's good that seeing him back he's coming back in a complete different sort of scale now where right. he, he, he's not fighting at a weight class where really he should be fine he's fighting at 170 which I don't really believe he belongs there um 
because there are some real big. Kind of, I know some people said this that uh, him moving up to uh, uh, fifty-five pounds the first time, but people could notice that he was a massive one forty-five pounder. It was crazy. He was massive. So being fifty-five pound, he is a good fifty-five pounder. Uh, but wait, I don't see him being a massive worldweight, but he's fighting Cowboys Roni. Yeah, again, mm. he's not a massive worldweight as well. Uh, I like stylistically the matchup. Um, I, if my honest prediction, I believe mm. Connor will stop, uh, um, stop Cowboy within two rounds. But, this is a big but, mm. I've counted Cerrone out many a times. Yeah. You know, like, like when he when he's fought some, he's been been underdog so many times when he's fought fought some absolute killers that are supposed to uh, like like the Alexander Hernandez. Everyone was going on about him, I, I, and he looked unstoppable. And uh, yeah, and then how he dealt with him and stuff like that, and also with my, how he dealt with Mike Perry, you know, uh, he, and Yassi Medeiros. These are fights that he is always. Dare to lose, mm. and he thinks is, but he wins. But obviously, he's coming off two losses in a row. Uh, uh, the eye one, was it the eye one? Was that with Gitchy or was that with Tony? With his eye, he blew it. Uh, I believe that was against Tony Ferguson. He he lost. Yeah, um, his eye, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, so he, he did that, yeah. So he's coming off two TKO losses, uh, and both of them were quite early. One was round two, and one was round one. So I do believe he's there to be put out, put away, and, and this is where we see Conor McGregor at his most dangerous, his yeah. early on with the fights. So I, I, I do, that's what I mean, I do see that him being, uh, being, um, Cowboy within the first two rounds, but. Wow. There always, always is a but, especially within this sport. This is why this sport is makes it the most exciting sport in the world because there's so many variables of winning and losing, mm. uh, and you never find another sport where an underdog has more chances of winning than any other sport. So uh, it, it does it does make it very interesting. Also, with this, that I mean, I, I kind of regular you see him time in time out how he he deals with his, the pressure. He somewhat you feel like he doesn't have pressure the way how cocky and arrogant he is but he's got to be feeling it now because he can't afford to lose against someone like Cowboy Cerrone and that is a real potential banana skin for him you know because uh, where would he go you know like uh, you know where do you go from there you know getting beat by Cowboy Cerrone is not you know so I do feel like there's a lot of riding on this for him and for his team in general yeah, like you say there, there are so many kind of variables that as we as we head into the fight on Saturday. Um, one I just want to kind of focus on is like maybe you can talk to this a little bit. Spending so much time kind of outside of the cage, like when he was on when he was on his real kind of meteoric rise, he had fight after fight after fight, and he had real rem- momentum. He hasn't fought since what October twenty eighteen. Do you, do you think that's going to be problematic for him? Ring rust is one thing only. What ring rust is a mental mind state. Mm. Some people can re- really, uh, he really can control them, and some people don't even think about it. Um, so you look at someone like Dominic Cruz, commonly he was out for such a long time, came back and actually blitzed Mizugaki. So like, so yeah, and you see other people complain about ring rust. I, I think ring rust is a mindset. So, but I do think Conor McGregor has one of the strongest minds in this sport. So I don't believe 
this is going to be a problem because you see him when he comes to that environment as if this is his home. He, like, he's so alive and, uh, and energized by the whole environment. He feels so relaxed in that sort of environment. So for him, it's just second nature to him and he's home there. So I don't feel the occasion getting to him as much as it gets to Cowboy. Cowboy is also very open with how much occasions get to him. Mm. Uh, and, I, and I feel um, Cowboy tends to do better against fighters who he's pally with. Mm. Like if, there's any, if you start high-fiving within a fight and he gets to relax, he's, he, 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 he tends to beat you. But if you a bit mean to Cowboy like like Diaz was in that time when he flipped in the bird that's a like you can really get in Cowboy's head uh, I think Connor knows that and I think Connor will, will you know be a bit brash and, and not be all pally with him uh, and get inside Cowboy's head for sure so let, let's have it on the record what's the picket's pick for the UFC 246 main event uh, I, well I don't know exact round but I believe Connor was stopping within the first and second round Great stuff, good stuff. And what about this co-main event then? I think um, in, in when you look kind of back at the kind of pay-per-views that we've had over the last, what, 10 months, I, I would hasten to add that probably they've been a bit more stacked, but with Connor at the top of this card, the, you know, this pay-per-view kind of sells itself. But we do have quite an intriguing uh, co-main event. It's Raquel Pennington versus Holly Holm. Um, Holly Holm obviously coming off that loss to Amanda Nunes. Where, where do you kind of see this one heading, uh, Brad? Because they're both kind of at uh, a point in their careers where they're probably not going to get a title shot anytime soon, having having already lost to Nunes, both of them in, in recent times. Yeah, uh, yeah. For, for me, yeah, I mean, I don't want to sound like harsh, but for me, this is just like a a fight. You know, I, there's other fights on the card. I'm more interested in lower down. As mm. I, 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 no, I, mean, I mean, one of the fights I'm looking forward to is Tim Elliott versus Askar Askar. I thought he might say that. I think that's going to be a crazy good fight, you know. Uh, that's probably my, my, my highlight fight of the, of the card. Um, so, but the rest of the card, there's some like the Macy Barber versus Roxanne Modafferi. It's not too bad, obviously, with Macy Barber doing really well. and a lot of hype around it. Um, it's good to see Pettis on there as well. But uh, I do, I, I, I think Holly Hyman wrote Kelly. They're both like yeah, say you know, in, in a win doesn't really do much for them, either them really, mm. unless it's something spectacular, which I don't believe. I I, I think Holly Holmes going to win a decision. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think it'll be a decision win. Uh, for it for it to really do anything good for either of them, I think one of them has to win in some sort of spectacular fashion, which I don't see that happening. I think it's going to be a pretty stonewall. Uh, Good stuff, good stuff. And like you did mention it there, I was going to ask you about this fight because I know you've commented for uh, ACB quite a few times in in pre- times previous. Um, Askar Askarov, Tim Elliott. This is um, flying under the radar, obviously given the McGregor fight. But what are you kind of expecting from this? Absolute madness. <laughs> <laughs> Obviously, people know the fly, flyweights where, where they just don't slow down. Tim Elliott doesn't slow down. What I like about Tim Elliott as well, he, he, he likes doing flashy stuff. He, he's very flamboyant. He has very good wrestling. And Askew Askew, for people who don't really know him, he, he, he's just been stunned over in Russia. And he has crazy ground as well. Uh, yeah, they're both, they're both very flamboyant with their 
not just striking, but also with their ground. Uh, and it's going to be real fun to watch, I believe. Yeah. You're going to have a pick for this one, maybe over two and a half rounds. We'll probably, uh, I could see this one going to a decision because, like you say, I think they're just going to be so evenly matched pretty much all over the cage. Hey, that's the thing, I think, like, it all depends whether it's a decision. That's what I think uh, Tim Elliott has a wrestling advantage, but. Uh, I mean, Askew Askew is so deadly on the floor as well. So I, I think the best thing about it is if it goes to the decision, it could go Tim Elliott's way if he doesn't get submitted on the way. But it also depends on how many submission attempts that, uh, how deep they are, what uh, Askew does and sort of thing. So I don't know, I kind, I kind of... I'm, I kind of feel an Ashcroft on this one, to be honest. But uh, I don't know if he, if he gets the sub, because Tim Elliott's not going to be easy to sub. Um, so it could be a decision. But then it's hard to bet against Tim Elliott on the decision, because he has really good wrestling as well. <laughs> so that's what I mean. This, this, this fight makes it quite tricky for me to, to really... I, I, I find this one, like, uh, yeah, a uh, real tricky one to, to, to uh, swing either way, really. Good stuff, good stuff. So that that's UFC, UFC 246 in the bag. You're taking this call very late on UK time because I'm here in Vegas. I, I can't let you uh, put the phone down, though, what, without you telling us. What's kind of going on with you at the moment? I know you've recently just started up British Top Team. You've got ROC, the, the promotion that you guys run. You've got your in the corner of Nathaniel Woods. Last year you were talking about even making a return to the cage. So tell me what's going on in your world in 2020. Uh, 
Great stuff, great stuff, Brad. Uh, it's, uh, it's really good to hear you're doing so well, like, and uh, you're not planning that return. A lot, like you say yourself, I think you forged your own kind of legacy already in the sport. So, um, great to hear you're doing so well. All the best uh, with Nathaniel in February, and uh, thanks for your time today, breaking down UFC 246. Cheers, Brad.